Hey, it's a beautiful late spring day in the three parts of the country where we are. So we thought we've had a bunch of guests on lately, a bunch of heavy topics. Today, we're just going to talk about being a learning guy or gal. But in our case, it's three guys. Regardless, we invite you to join us as we talk about our profession here on the Learning Geeks podcast, starting now. That's a little NPR, wasn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It kind of... Hello. Mm, Deep thoughts. Hello, everybody. Sit back, and we are going to do deep thoughts today. Well, this is great. Well, it, good to see you guys, as always. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, what's new in your worlds? Bob, have you visited any place lately that we should know about? <laughs> well, that was a good setup. Yeah. You know what's new in my world? <laughs> Look right here. Can, can you see right here where I'm pointing? Nobody in our audience can see. You got I a got new, a new virtual got pinball, a new pinball machine. machine. Oh. oh, yeah. Yep. So uh, so I only have, have one more machine, which is the Dragon's Lair reproduction when it comes out and then my my hallmark cable will be complete that will be great um what dana is referring to though is finally after uh more than a year i got to go back to star wars galaxy's edge i actually went to both of them because i went to disneyland last friday when it opened and then on saturday i got on a plane flew to orlando to see my folks but on sunday went to the other galaxy's edge of course the one that's not? not as good <laughs> um but here's here's the thing. I mean, it was just it was just good to be back, and that was a lot of fun. I finally did the experience of going to Savvy's workshop and building a lightsaber, and it was amazing. Like, and that's your first time, right? It was my first time doing it because yeah. when when the park opened or the land opened, I decided, and I've done this before, to set a goal for myself that I needed to achieve a fitness goal before I would let myself do it. And so, you know, it was kind of down there as a reward at the end. And I crossed that line over quarantine. So it was time for me to do it. And I did it. And I was, it, it was kind of a spiritual experience. It, it, it almost was like first communion for anybody who's gone through that experience. <laughs> what, what was it about it, Bob? What, what, why, why was it that type of an experience for you? Well, it's a few different things. Like it's the storytelling aspect of it. So it's not just like go into a workshop and and put a lightsaber together and then leave. It it is a full experience. And they tell the story of the gatherers. And, you know, it's kind of this secretive band who is promoting the Jedi, which are banned in the time of of Galaxy's Edge. Um, I'm not going to tell too much more about it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But it's it's a live person telling a story. They use music, they use lighting effects, um, kind of impacting all of the senses to hit you. But the thing that's, that is greatest about it is you walk out of there feeling like you really are a hero. Like it is about you as a hero and you have a story to tell and you have a story to live. And now you have what you need in your lightsaber to go out and make your own adventure and be be the hero of your own story. And that was just really, really super inspiring. So I have these visions but. of the sun setting in California and Bob on the beach with his lightsaber attacking trees and other <laughs> things that shouldn't be out there. Yeah, I'm looking out wistfully at the suns. And, yeah, you know, right. There's two suns. Right, yeah. 
like Twi- twisting around, swinging the lightsaber around. Yeah, um, it, almost like in Karate Kid. Or Karate Kid. I yeah, almost exactly. Yeah, wipe on, wipe exactly. <laughs> but it was it was amazing. And then just you know the the customization. Like I, I don't think you can see it from the camera angle I have, but I, I've got my my own lightsaber up there now, next to Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano's, Tano's lightsabers, and it just feels like mine. Like this is something that I created and. You know, there's probably you customize them. There's probably a hundred thousand other people who have the same design I have because they pick the same parts and put them in the same order. But still, it just feels like uh, like it's mine and it's unique. And um, I just absolutely loved it. So, what color is your blade, and why did you choose that color? So I chose purple. Uh, I, I really I, I had a lot of a lot of thought about it because there's four different styles of lightsaber you can build. There's generally Sith kind of uh, uh, original trilogy era uh, Jedi. There is uh, old Republic style, which is the style that I wound up building. And then there's kind of a nature for focus one. So you have these four. I went out to my family. I went out to some of my other Star Wars nerd friends. I was like, which one should I get? I don't know. I got a lot of people's input. But then when I got there, you know, there's this whole experience of of what color of kyber crystal, which is what gives you the color, is calling out to you. And I, I it, it was a purple one. It was probably because I have, you know, I have a tattoo of, of Mace Windu's purple lightsaber on my arm. So that probably that, subconsciously was part of it. That could be it. But it was cool. But I, I'll tell you guys, it's like I felt like this kind of completed the entire experience of going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, where you you don't really have the full experience until you do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was probably my my 20th or 30th trip to Galaxy's Edge. And uh, I, I finally realized that. And that made me think back to remember uh, when... I forget which conference we were at, but the, the session we did with Britt Andrietta. It was TK. TK. Yeah, yeah, it was that one. And we did the session with Britt Andrietta, and we, we threw out the idea of what if we you know kind of sponsored or invited our listeners to a experience safari at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge where you know we could, we could all go. We could go to Disneyland together. Uh, we could walk through Galaxy's Edge. We would talk about the experience, you know, see what we observe, and think what lessons can we – get from this that we can apply to learning and take back to our work. And I just thought, hey, now that things are opening up and parks are open again and and things seem to be getting a little bit better here in the States, I would throw that idea out there to our audience. So I'm curious if anybody would be interested in doing – first of all, I want to make sure that you guys would want to do that. Yes. So <laughs> I'm understanding what you're what you're suggesting is almost an experience design workshop where you go and you have fun at Galaxy's Edge, but you spend time kind of debriefing the different elements of the experience. And then we could translate that into learning stuff and say, well, you know, how can we take this concept and build it into our learning experiences? Mm-hmm. That That's exactly right. And totally unauthorized by Disney. I hope I don't get a cease and desist from anybody I, I, whatever listeners we have in in Disney's L and D department, uh, feel free to write me if you think this is a good idea and want to help. This would be good. But uh, y- yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a pay your own way. Just have fun. It's not formal. We would just roughly organize it. And, and my, my guess is it would be more fun than than debriefing. But we because because we're all learning people, mm-hmm. we would just naturally gravitate toward discussions about oh, how do we apply this concept. 
Exactly. I, I think it'll be fun. I, I think it's a unique spin on learning experience design. Um, again, most of the time when we think of learning experience design, we're thinking directly in the context. And I know the three of us, we've had some of our best debriefs whenever we've done something that's outside of our space, whether or not it's a VR um, Vive thing that we've yeah, done right. or the escape, yeah. rooms. Uh, escape room yeah, or yeah. some yeah. playing games. Like we've done so many things like that. And that's honestly some of our best thinking, I think, comes out of the, yeah. those Great. debriefs. So it'd be cool to do a workshop, especially if you're at Disney, even better. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, when we post this, we'll, we'll put on LinkedIn, you know, hey, hey, write us or, you know, reply back to this or thumbs up it if, if this would be something you're interested in. Then we'll, we'll see about organizing it for for sometime this calendar year. We'll, we'll let things yeah, stabilize a I little like bit it. more. Okay. Uh, Dana, you were going to take us down a path. Yeah. I, I want to take us all down a path uh, that our, that the three of us have been down over the last several years. And I thought it might be interesting to just talk with our uh colleagues uh, about the idea of um, as we learn more about the biology of how the brain learns, uh, how we can use that to improve our learning designs. And particularly, um, you know, we think about how how can we take what we know about how the brain learns and, and build better experiences um, so that the experiences are consistent with the biology of the way the brain learns. And um, the the aspect I wanted to talk about today was an aspect that uh, our patron saint Allison Horn asked us <laughs> to go down at one point, and that was yeah. how do we take that knowledge and help learners learn how to learn better? And we had her on to talk about that, but in particular, yeah. there's a couple of things that we've done within our company to make that concept or that notion come alive, right? And and um, so, so the first thing we did was we we actually created a course. We called it Learn to Learn Live. It was a virtual session, and we offered it to all 500,000-plus of our employees. But we did something unique. We also asked them to invite their spouses, significant others, or their kids to join with them. And um, so that was the first thing we did. The second thing we did, uh, and Bob, I'm going to have you tell a, a, a kind of an origin story on these in a little bit. But the second thing we did was we created something called Brain Hack Videos, which are short two to three. I mean, we might have one that's four minute videos that take these concepts of how the brain learns and leverages very practical techniques that anybody can apply. And yeah. um, why don't you tell us the yeah. origin story on that? Well, it was fun getting those going because we had the idea that video would be a good channel to get these ideas across. And could we create a series of videos with brain hacks where, you know, each one would take a particular tip and kind of unpack the science behind it and then uh, make it really practical. And I remember, Dana, I, I, I don't remember exactly what the rush was, but I remember that I was back in Chicago and uh, we were at your house and we were like, oh, we need to crank this we had, out. We had two weeks. That's right. Yeah. We, had just, we, we only had like a we had a we had a meeting with a we had a meeting with a group of people and and there was a commitment to a very senior leader that we would have something in two weeks. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. So, so Dana and I were like, "Yeah, we better get something going." So we we were sitting in uh, in Dana's kitchen, uh, having just gone to Potbelly's to get a sandwich because there's no Potbelly's out here in California. So whenever I go back to Chicago, I make sure to get a Potbelly's. That's what I ate today at lunch. You did. I'm really <laughs> jealous. Uh, I really love a rack. But anyway, um, 
but but we sat at Dana's table and we were like, okay, well, how would we lay this out? Well, what if we just had like kind of a, an every man or an every person type person, uh, kind of a, a, a typical person who sets up the sets up the situation, sets up the story, uh, delivers what the tip is. But then we have an expert who comes in and talks about the science behind it. And then we'll wrap up with going back to the every person to to recap it and reinforce it. And like, oh, yeah, that seems like a pretty good idea. So so we kind of slammed something out and we had um, we had a, a few people who were working with us uh, uh, really I don't want to say interns, but they were very junior people to the company, very new with the company who had been working with us on this project. We said, let's let's get these folks and we'll have them be the everyman person for this first one. And the first one that we did was focused on the myths of learning. And we would have the uh, the every person come up and say, well, here's a myth that I have heard X, Y, Z. Is this really true or false? And then we had Allison come on as, and I think we tagged her as the patron saint of the learning geeks on that. Um, and she would say whether that was true or false. We, we had one where you thought it was true, but it was actually false. So we had a little bit of expectation um, failure there to help learn. And we we're like, let's just slam this out. Let's do a prototype of it. And so we we got together and we whipped out a quick and dirty prototype and lo and behold, that prototype actually turned out to be pretty good. So we're like, let's go ahead and use this. And next thing we know, that's like the the, the most viewed video in our in our series is the one that was originally just the prototype, which was just one that Dana and I slammed together over a wreck from Potbellies. Well, and as I reflect on that whole experience, we had our initial meeting in Salt Lake City. You and I drafted the scripts in Chicago, and then we flew to Washington, D.C. to actually crank out not just that one, but we actually cranked out a series of four uh, in, in that one uh, that one setting. So you could tell yeah. it was pre-pandemic because we were traveling all over the country, and it was all slammed out in a matter of a couple of weeks. That's right. And it was about two weeks before the pandemic hit, and then we moved to a model of making a brain hacks home edition and like many of the tv shows we were going on we had people film themselves on their own computer uh but put them together with the same general format and how many do we have now dana we have 20, 25 of them that we've created 25 yeah wow. yeah when you guys created the brain hacks videos did you envision that it would be out Publicly, because right now there some of them are on YouTube, right? That you can get. I've have seen at least eight or ten of them. Yeah, we actually have uh, fifteen of them out. We'll, we're eventually going to be releasing all twenty-five. And if anybody's interested in seeing, you can just Google Brain Hacks Accenture, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to see the first fifteen that we have out there. Um, I, I, we kind of had an inkling because Allison has always been very open to sharing, uh, you know, the goodness of things that we create externally, you know, with clients, but, but even broader. And I think Jake, part of the answer to that question that really stirred it was once we invited, uh, kids to join in on that learn to learn live course, because then, you know, we all saw the goodness. We all saw that the things that we were learning, would be applicable to uh, much broader people. And Allison said, well, why should we limit the impact to 500,000 people if we can impact millions? 
And uh, so, you know, that was kind of the, well, how do we get this out there? And, and so we've started releasing them, as you mentioned, on YouTube. It's been interesting in developing these two, how much uh, the, we're learning about the science behind things that we've always kind of just done or suspected, right? So, so some of the hacks are things that are brand new to us and things that we've never thought of before, or I've never thought of before. And some of them are things that, yeah, I've always kind of done it that way. And my gut just kind of told me that that was the way to do it. But we're getting more and more science and more of the neuroscience behind us that tells us and, and reconfirms that, yeah, these are the best ways for people to learn. Like the big, biggest example there being storytelling for me, right? Like I, I, I've always known in my gut that stories are the best way for people to learn. But we're learning more and more through the science and the neuroscience that, yeah, that's actually a truism. That's not just kind of a gut reaction as a learning guy. And uh, it, it's very affirming. Well, and one of the fun things we did with storytelling is we actually came up with uh, videos from two different dimensions. One is uh, learning as a storyteller. But then we had another one, learning as a story listener. Because if someone is telling a story in a learning context, they put thought into why they picked a particular story, why they're telling particular details. And if you listen to a story that's being told in that context um, with a mindset of, hey, I'm going to learn things from this, there's some real interesting science behind th just that and just casually listening to a story. Well, I think of, I mean, if we're going to stick on the storytelling hack, I think of this podcast specifically. Um, I mean, when we started this, I don't know how we started. I know we just said we wanted to get into a podcast. We talked about it for and years. Say, we yeah. finally bought yeah. it. Let's just do we, it. <laughs> we finally did it. And I thought what was cool about it at first and it still is to this day is I used this time to test my thinking and, sure. and also to use storytelling in a way to refine my thoughts, refine my ideas, to also test my thinking. And then when I'm done with it, I get feedback from, from people that we, from our listeners or whoever, or from, you know, months down the road and I hear, Hey, I heard that episode on XYZ and you know, they, they give feedback on it. So clearly something worked or something didn't work. Um, and I, I, yeah, I use this really as that storytelling hack yeah. to refine my own thinking and, yeah. and learning of something. Well, I mean, another example, right? We, Bob, you, you shared the example of storytelling, but another example is um, we know that the brain tends to remember things better when it's connected with things you already know. Right. So if, if you understand that from the brain science standpoint, then you say, well, what techniques could we have or what techniques could we use? Well, a real simple one is creating your own analogies or metaphors, mm -hmm. right? Because the analogies or metaphors are things, they, they're things you already own. And now what you're doing is you're connecting the new thing to the old thing that you already understand. So I mean, a lot of the tips are not, they're not rocket science. But they're things, yeah, right, right. things where you just you haven't thought about why do analogies work or why does storytelling work or why should I break every 20 minutes or, you know, why, why is it important to eat right or, you know, get my sleep or because you know, we hit on a variety of things, right? We hit on some of the wellness topics as well and, and the impact uh, neurologically of, uh, of learning and wellness. So I think, though, w going back to what you first initially did. And, and Allison's push. And before I left, I mean, when I was at Accenture, I remember working on something at the start where 
we did think about this. How do we help people learn? And we don't care who, if you're here, like we have to expand it and think broadly and think about your friends, your family, um, whoever, and how to teach them. So when I, when I saw these hacks and, or these hack videos, the first thing I thought of, if, yeah, maybe a learning professional that's been in here for a long time may read this or a teacher may see these and think, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I've known that. I've known that. Well, guess what? We've, we've, we've been learning this for a long time. There's a lot of people in this world that don't, that don't know that and have been taught the more dominant, typical, traditional way. And so when I hear these, these, uh, the, the hack videos, when I saw them, I mean, th- these are targeted in my mind to not just professional learning professionals. These are targeted to everybody else, like send them oh, on to are. your kids. And, no, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the target audience for this is a learner. It's how can you be a better learner? That's the whole question. And then on top of that, uh, the same way like the, the Bad Batch is oriented towards kids, but adults get a lot out of it too. Uh, right. Learning professionals do get a lot out of it because we are bringing out the science and there are things that they can apply in their creation of learning assets or their lesson planning or whatever. There's also kind of an aspect to it um, that I humble braggedly say is it gets pretty meta too because we use our own learning hacks in creating these. So you can watch how we create the videos and the, the way we frame it. Like, Dana's example, we use a lot of allegories. We use a lot of storytelling. Um, we use a lot of humor to, to get attention and, um, and engagement. Uh, it, it's another lesson for people who are learning professionals. There's one particular hack that uh, actually is quite popular, and this one's released out there. It's uh, called Reflection What Squares. And it's a very simple technique, and I think we've talked mm-hmm. about it on our podcast before. But what's interesting is that um, one of our very senior leaders in the company was uh, standing up and, and giving a presentation. And without using the video, they went through and they said, okay, we're going to all reflect because we use this in our leadership meetings. And so they went through, okay, draw the square, draw the circle, draw the truck. So, so these things are starting now to weave their way into the fabric of our culture without you know without having to show the video in some cases because people just right. they embrace them that that happened and, and one tear one tear leaked out of Dana's eye it was just a, very just touching one, just one <laughs> <laughs> so so, proud. so Jake one other thing one of our colleagues said that uh, you know she has an 11 year 11 year old son that they they watch them together and he has his favorites and he actually, there's a couple of them that he's actually showed to his grandpa because he likes them so much. So, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny. Right? And, and not all of them resonate with everybody, but with the, you know, the clustering of 25, I'm sure there's something there that, that everybody can use to learn better. So. I agree. And, and, and really that's something that um, I'm probably going to be sharing with my daughter at some point. I mean, of course, me, I have been sharing hacks that don't, you know, are not the video hacks, but learning hacks throughout her whole time, as well as my, even my younger daughter now, too. But I, that's where I think the, the magic is. So for most of the people that listen to this, they are learning professionals, of course, or teachers. But it's how do you want to teach your kids or have them be better learners? Um, because just like everything else, when they go out to the real world, they get taught the same techniques that everyone else has been taught forever. And sometimes it trickles in. But if you can enable and empower them to to learn some of these hacks, 
the better they will be and um, and continue to grow as a learner. So I can see dinner at uh, Jake's house to, with his daughters. I'm sorry, you can't have dinner until you finish this What Squares activity. Bring me the paper <laughs> and then you can have your mac and cheese. We talk a lot about practice and deliberate practice. I don't use deliberate, the actual term, but That's we good. do talk about techniques of practice constantly. Great. And like the different types and, and what you need to do and it's okay to make you feel uncomfortable and and et cetera. But yeah, that's, I think I've been hitting that train for a long time with her, uh, with my oldest, at least. Dinner table is yeah. a great place to perpetuate yeah. the good learning. Jake, you want to, you want to bring us home for today? Yeah. Like, so it made me think of, I wanted to figure out how I can connect these brain hacks to this next topic. And I almost, <laughs> for, for, for one, I almost feel like we're doing a little bit of a, how we approached our podcast in the very beginning, which is let's bring in some just topics and, and rant and go. Um, but I also wanted to make a connection to this. So with brain hacks, I feel with brain hacks, what, what I, what I was thinking and reflecting, I guess, on, as you're talking is how we as learning professionals can get the most out of it, even when we think we already know it, we already know something. And it made me think more about our profession specifically and how I, I would say how fortunate some of us are, and I think many of us in our profession are, to be able to learn continuously. Mm -hmm. And so for our role, we often work with subject matter experts, and our job is to learn that topic enough to then figure out how do we teach other people that specific topic um, effectively using these types of brain hacks and the things that we know about learning science. And so it, 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 over the last couple of weeks, I have just really stepped back and reflected and think about how fortunate we are in this profession and, and also how you can take advantage and become smarter in so many topics, um, regardless of whatever you're doing. So if you're doing something like my, one of my favorite ones to bring up in my entire career, even though it wasn't my favorite topic, but I never in my mind ever thought I would look at or learn about pharmaceutical supply chain. But that was a topic that I learned <laughs> yeah. about. Yep. And I had to learn more than I ever thought I would, which then allowed me to make connections and understand supply chain better. It under helped me understand about the pharmaceutical issues, about traveling and uh, going from country to country and the regulations from country to country. And this is 10 years ago, and I still remember at least enough. But what it's actually have done is allowed me to have a base level context or a base level of understanding and prior knowledge to then when I go to these other topics, I have a base to start with. So what I thought was just really cool about our profession is that all of these different topics that we have and to me, I feel like it's free learning. Yeah. We have <laughs> access to free learning and it and it, it is it is up to you though to get the most out of it. And I feel I feel privileged personally, that I have the access to sometimes the world's smartest people that are the experts in these areas. Um, I mean, a couple years ago, I got to learn about blockchain before most people even knew about it and learn about the technology behind it. And when I hear about things today about blockchain, which is, of course, with the you know currency rel yeah, side of it and everything else, but like, to the I moon, actually, yeah, I actually know like the, the technology behind it. Yeah. And I I don't know. I just wanted to see from your you two if you happen to have a couple of topics or things that you've learned that you honestly never would have thought you've ever learned in this profession. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of that now because I well, it's six months ago now. It's, it's but it's still fairly recently. 
took on a new role uh, where I'm, I'm the learning lead for our Industry X practice in Accenture. And if you're wondering what Industry X is, you're not alone. It's it's uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but the way I wound up describing it to my uh, 88-year-old mom is uh, it's essentially about robots, mom. It's about <laughs> smart robots that are connected to each other over the internet and they, they're intelligent and they talk to each other. And then it's also about using robots to make those robots. So it's it's smart connected products and it's digital manufacturing and it's all of these things. Th- things that I never thought that I would ever learn anything about. And it's been fascinating to do this. As I came into the program, we had a uh, we, we had a program. It was kind of like a biweekly call where some of our leaders in in the group would talk about uh, things that they were working on or, or offerings that they had. And I said, I know this is a shocker to everybody. I, I said, let's turn this into a podcast. So now we turned it into more of a podcast format where I'm the host and I basically interview them and find out about all of this stuff. And, you know, I'm talking to these people who are doing amazing things that just blow my mind and you know i'm kind of like a little kid in a candy store with this mm-hmm. and it, it's it's super super exciting it, it's really really fun but you know uh, on the other hand it, it's not just it's not just about the content in being a learning professional that that helps me learn it's it's actually in the production of the learning stuff itself you know and, and i find that for me this industry is one where virtually anything that I am excited about or interesting, interested in, I can find a way to apply to my work. So exactly. Yeah. The, the podcasts and the game development that we're working on now and virtual reality and, and Disney uh, and Disney and theater and drama, you know, and all of the things that I'm interested in, we can learn more about those things because they are very relevant in the field of uh, of learning, especially for grownups. So uh, that's one thing that I really love about it. Yeah, Jake, as you were introducing the topic, I was thinking of the broad range of content, right? And I think about a few of the courses I worked on. One of the early courses I worked on was on uh, was a telecom course, and had to understand switching and protocols and all sorts of things like stuff I didn't study before. But to your point, you work with the experts, <clears throat> and you get to play the dumb guy, right? You go. I don't quite understand that. Can you explain it a little simpler so that our learners can understand it? And uh, so telecom and I, a very detailed course in chemistry uh, I developed one time. And uh, I think one of the most enjoyable ones, at least <laughs> not the development of it, but the delivery of it was a contract risk management course uh, because um, we we put a lot of effort and energy into designing what we thought was just a great course. And it was very well received, but none of our materials were used <laughs> because the expert was the one who taught. And all he did was tell stories about, you know, contracts that right. he helped go in and fix. So um, so anyway, it, communication courses, uh, just all sorts of things. And I, and I agree, there's such a diversity of content that we get to, to uh, interact with. And um, the, the other thing that came to mind as you're talking about it is, is not only... Um, not only the content, but the problem solving that goes along with it, right? Because you're trying to think of how can I how can I present this content, or how can I reinforce this content, or get people to practice this content so that it actually sticks. I remember I was on a plane flight again. This is pre-pandemic, 
uh, with with a sponsor, and uh, we had just had a, a very intense content design meeting, and we were wrestling with how do we how do we engage people in a fun way so that they learn. And on the flight, I just took off the napkin that they brought my drink on, and I kind of scratched out a design, and I said, "Well, what do you think about this?" And she said, "Wow, that's great." Let's do it. And we created a very simple design that um, actually ended up being replicated in a variety of other courses. So I like the the access to content, the demand for creative problem solving, and then, of course, the, the creative people that we get to work with, including you guys. Aww. Yeah, and, I, and I, I even think, too, kind of bringing it all back to even brain hacks, is that as we talk with our experts, as we talk with others, as we think about how a learner will actually learn this – we ourselves are are practicing a lot of these hacks where if you think about how you're re-articulating back to an expert, am I understanding this properly? Then they'd give you feedback and then you further refine how, what you're thinking and then re-articulate it back again through that act and through reflection is practice. And, and so for, I guess, basically again, kind of going back to my larger point of how privileged I feel and how it feels like I'm having free education all the time. So for those that are in this field, regardless of whatever topics that you're part of, um, figure out and determine like, what can I find relevant in here? What can I walk away and learn from and then apply later? I know many of us are in leadership development and think about, I know a lot of what I've done in leadership development has created myself as a leader myself. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot that I think is just, uh, it's really cool about this profession. And uh, um, Hey, Jake, can I make one other observation about this profession? Is sure. I've noticed, um, and all, all of us have engaged with people who are not part of our own companies, but people who are part of the learning profession. And what I've learned is that the problems that we're trying to solve at Accenture are very similar problems to what they're trying to solve at a variety of other companies. Sometimes the scale is different or the context is a little different. But I find a very open sharing community, a group yeah. people who are willing to say, you know, you're trying to figure out onboarding for 100,000 people. We're only onboarding 10,000, but here's how we solved it. And maybe there's some things that you can learn from what we did and vice versa. And, yeah, and right. I, I love that a sense of community because it's broader than any individual company. Well, on that note, I know we're at we're, yeah. the time. The time is coming up, but I do want to say one thing based on what Dana just last said. So, speaking of sharing community, I wanted to thank all of you and all of you listeners out there because yesterday we're doing a little bit of stat nerd stuff, and I we realized that based on um, data that's out there on podcast data, it's Buzz Sprouts data okay. um, from April that based on the concept that of how many episodes are downloaded in the first seven days of release, we are considered the top 17% of all podcasts. So in that's pretty cool. Globally, I'm, in the world? And, glo and globally. So again, we're still that very microscopic in terms of what we get downloads are because of our niche topics. So that top 15 is, or even that top five massive downloads per episode and massive downloads right away. But still, it's pretty cool to be considered even below the top, like top 20. Top 20 top, is pretty cool. Yeah, so we'd amazing. like to thank all That's of you amazing. for that, um, for this. All right. So I think there's uh, Jake just threw down the gauntlet. Okay, everybody share this with your friends. Let's see if we can move it to Smash 15. Smash that subscribe button. Hit like. Yeah. 
not bad for an organic way. We don't yeah. do marketing. We don't do anything. So it's, it's really pretty cool. cool that this has happened. We need to have our friend Mike Gumbar make some type of a robot. <laughs> that That's great. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, this has been a, a delightful show. These are all nice things on a, on a nice spring afternoon. It was a very NPR-feely show. Um, it did. But it's, it's, we were going in the green room, and we were like, well, maybe it's going to wind up being a little bit short. But actually, now it's running a little bit long, so that's okay. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. Just a couple of reminders. Definitely check out on YouTube. You can check out, uh, again, the easiest way to do it is just search for Brain Hacks Accenture or Accenture Brain Hacks. Either one of those will, will help you get to those. Uh, would love to hear what you think. Um, also, hit us up on LinkedIn. Let us know if you'd be interested in a uh, Disneyland slash Galaxy's Edge field trip slash debrief. Learning experience workshop. Working Learning experience workshop. It, it's, it's almost like Geeks Fest 1. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being a community that shares, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe there's something there. If we're in the top 17%. You know, I, I, stranger things have happened. So we'd be interested in hearing what you all think about that. So with that, thank you so much for listening and spending some time with us. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks uh, with more great content, more great guests. Uh, the rest of the summer is looking great here in Geeksland. So on behalf of Jake and Dana, this is Bob saying thanks, and we'll see you next time on the Learning Geeks podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody.